1: So okay. we started kind of paying attention. We'd go to shops, we'd look at fins, we every time we'd see someone in the lineup, we'd ask them to turn their board up, upside down so we could look at the fins. And we realized, wow, this is far behind what it should be. Okay. And we can improve this. So we started manufacturing fins and working on that, you know, that whole learning the- This is Jamin Luoto, kind of co-founder
2: that, of so Naked of Viking Surf, dynamic, talking about the foiling, foiling of their, their fins.
1: NACA, which is like the predecessor to NASA and some of their like aerodynamic and wind and fluid dynamic principles uh, okay. to the fins. Basically, yeah. we, we refine the leading edge so that you don't have a massive kind of shoulder off the leading edge that leads water to get kicked off in a way that leads to turbulence. You have a turbulence coming off of the leading edge of the fin and you get cavitation, which leads to a negative pressure and kind of uh, the shadow area. And that causes drag. Right, it slows you down. It's bad enough sometimes on fins that you'll actually get like a, a humming. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've noticed that. I have. So we focused on, on reducing that leading edge shoulder and actually have it be more like the the wing of like a, a highly aerodynamic airplane.
2: Jamin comes from a neuroscience background where he spent a fair bit of time studying physics and fluid dynamics. While working in academia, he met Leif.
3: Well, it's Leif, I'll <laughs> let you know. <laughs> it's pronounced Leif.
2: Sorry, Jamin met Leif Braun, who had encountered an issue with a recent surfboard purchase.
3: I had picked up a board, I don't know, 10-ish years ago, from one of the selling points of the shop. I was just browsing, saw something I liked. Like, we'll throw in a set of fins. Cool. It was two plastic fins and the fiberglass fin that had been kind of half-assed, resin poured over it. And I realized these things aren't terribly expensive to manufacture, but if that's what people are resorting to, to get by, there's probably a little bit of a hole in the industry.
2: You've probably experienced this hole in the market as well. There's these lower performance plastic fins that come out of a mold, and then there's high performance fins that are expensive. As Leif began to research, he found what Jamin was alluding to, is that the leading edge of fins is too thick. And that was really just a result of a materials and manufacturing limitation. So he set out to see if he could solve that problem and make a faster, more responsive fin. And he'll explain the solution that he came to at the end of the show. But until then, surfnvs.com is their website where you can learn more. There's actually a really helpful fin guide that very simply details all of the basic information that you've ever wanted to know about fins. What is rake? What is cant? What are the differences between fiberglass, honeycomb, carbon fiber? And I've actually been riding a set of their Apex thrusters for almost a year now, I would say. And they are unequivocally my favorite set of thrusters that I've ever owned. Leif and Jamin are offering 20% off their Apex series, which is their newest and best series of fins. You can grab them on surfnvs.com. Just use our promo code, which is the word podcast, and you'll get the discount and you'll support this show. The Apex series, by the way, are available in any setup. I said I've been riding the thrusters, but I've also got a pair of twins from them. They've got a variety of templates available. So surfnvs.com promo code podcast for 20% off their Apex series. And of course, we'll hear more from these guys at the end of the show. Welcome back and happy Thanksgiving week. Today's episode is hosted by surfboard shaper, Donald Brink, and was recorded at the Visla and Surfrider Foundation's Upcycled contest. For the past five years, they've put out a public call to board builders to make a surfboard out of anything that would be considered waste. So board builders have months to work on their surfboards, then everybody gets together one evening to survey one another's work. Donald Brink was on hand this evening as a judge alongside Vince La Pena and Surfrider CEO Chad Nelson. They judged not only based on the functionality of each surfboard, but also on its creativity and the degree of upcycling. The winner of the event was Corey Nolan, who came out all the way from New Hampshire to showcase a board that he had built from 47 scavenged lobster buoys shipping crate lumber reclaimed teak for the nose and tail blocks scrapped aluminum from a local brewery sign mahogany decking scraps salvaged cork board scrap mdf super impressive super creative project and uh donnie talks with Corey in today's episode about that process i've also posted photos of his board as well as all the others on surf Ron Higgins finished second, and he came all the way from Spain to showcase his stunningly beautiful stand-up pipo that was built from over 200-year-old wood that he salvaged from abandoned houses and barns. It also includes a brass leash loop, brass pressure vents, and then he finished his board with Entropy Bioresin. And then third place went to Yoshinara Noda, who made an alaya from an ancient wooden miso barrel that had matured a traditional miso for over 100 years. Super impressive project. And Donald interviews all of these guys, as well as other contestants and Surfrider CEO Chad Nelson. And by the way, Donald Brink has his own podcast called Swell With My Soul, which if you have not listened to yet, you absolutely should. And then of course, most importantly, order an asymmetrical board from him. You can check out all of his work on his Instagram account, at Donald Brink. So without further ado, my name is David Scales for Surf Splendor. I'll be back at the end of the show to sign us off, but until then, Donald, take it away.
0: Tell us where you're from, thank you for being here, and mostly tell us what you built. Just sum it up in your best words, I mean it looks amazing, so how about you tell us what what you made. Okay, thanks. Um, Well,
4: I'm Gabriele, I'm from Italy originally, but I'm coming from San Sebastian in Basque country. And yeah, I built a board with 280 sponges, and it was, uh, yeah, a mess, but one of the funniest mess I've ever done in, uh, in my, my career of craftsman. Um, what can I say? I started uh, thinking about it almost one year ago. Um, then I started asking everyone for sponges, old sponges. And that was uh, a bit weird because obviously um, friends can understand, but if you meet someone and it says like, ah, oh, by the way, can you give me like an old sponge? Like, can you even ask your mom? And it's like, mm, this guy's weird. So for eight months, I did this thing of just uh, asking, accumulating. Uh, and then I started stickin- sticking them together. And uh, that was basically when the mess started. Because, um, well, as always, you, you, you start with an idea and uh, an idea of the process, idea of the, all the problems and the limits that you will face. And uh, no, every step it has like uh, some additional problems to to be fixed. And uh, yeah, it took me a lot of time, a lot of effort, uh, a lot of sustain from my friends, uh, also advices. And uh, yeah, I finally ended up surfing it. And <laughs> that was <laughs> crazy. Uh, and yeah, I'm here um, and um, I cannot be happier than, than this.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Um, the The question comes to mind: the amount of people that gave you a sponge, mm-hmm. have they seen the end product, and they did? Did they understand what you were doing, and did it create conversations about sustainability and upcycling things? Because it's amazing what you've done, and it, and now I can see the start to finish in one piece as it sits there. But how did those conversations end or start, and how have they grown?
4: Yeah. Okay. It's a good question because. Um, so I would say that um, most of the people saw the final product, probably 98% of them. Okay. Uh, conversation with them a lot, um, about sustainability and non-sustainability in a sense that, um, yeah, I, I used, uh, waste waste materials, so sponges and old resin. Uh, but, uh, through the process, I actually ended up uh, building a lot of, of wastes. No, and it's something that was uh, was funny. Obviously, the waist were less than a normal board, yeah. but still, uh, it was funny that even if you start with a good intention, mm-hmm. it's really hard to keep this um, uh, how to say it how to have a good method and um, how to say it um, the efficiency. Yeah, efficient and coherent with your 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 aim. You know. It makes sense, yeah and uh and was funny yeah we we talked about this we talked about the fact that um in science uh we i have some friends uh, from from my phd i'm a st- still a phd student um, we were reading some some papers about the lifespan the advice lifespan of a sponge and they say that uh, after two weeks you start accumulating a big amount of bacterias and then you have to throw it away, but it's made of, out of plastic. So there are many, many materials nowadays that are disposable for, uh, since the, the their first day, you know, they are planned to be disposable. And uh, I guess that we should uh, start thinking more about that and about alternatives, I guess.
0: So for those listening and for my understanding, I think what you've done is amazing. It was beautifully we're challenging a point of a multiple-use plastic now mm-hmm. to be um, better thought of. In other words, what could we replace a sponge with, my mind says, a brush? Does that make yeah. sense? So what, what were your results? What were your thinkings? What were yeah. your findings?
4: Yeah, about about that. Okay, Brushes. wash your
0: dishes with a brush, and you're probably yeah. going to save a save a, fun, a bunch of sponges. That makes so much sense. I I feel like the beauty of the entire event, Nettle and Vistler's um, concept of creators and innovators, and and trying to upcycle things in general, creates these conversations. But mm-hmm. it, it it might have seemed like a waste building a board and using a bunch of materials. But these conversations lead us to think about all things, and I feel like it's always beyond just the surfboards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, okay. what are you? What is your PhD in? Oh, it's nanoscience, nerdy stuff about, uh,
4: well, um, nanomaterials, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a messed up thing. Uh, You know, graphene, all those trendy materials that now like B-dimensional materials, uh, study of those ones, uh, techniques to just... Uh, produce them and use them as technologies. You're a and smart th- guy. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not definitely. Like no, I, I I don't even know how I ended up in that in that field. It's funny because I I I started um I in, uh, in high school I was doing art. Got it. And then I was tired of it. And uh, well, I, I I always liked the practical part, but not that much history of art. And after one point in history. And I was thinking, like, okay, I don't want someone to tell me what is nice and what is not nice, because you can, well, I don't know, find your own way to define it, you know? And so, let's do something more scientific. And uh, and I ended up there, but I still have this uh, this big love for, for doing things, hand, hand works, sure. and craftman Well it. done.
0: Thank you so much, and thanks for sharing. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh, <laughs> we're on it. Tell us your name, where you're from, what you made, and maybe let's dive into maybe the hardest thing you found making it. What was the most difficult part in your creative process? Absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm Corey
5: Nolan. I'm from Hampton Falls, New Hampshire. Um, I came out here with a board I made from uh, out of 47 lobster buoys scavenged from the beach in Maine. Um, I also incorporated uh, lumber from shipping crates, uh, scrap cork, um, mahogany decking scraps, aluminum from, uh, a, a brewery signage and, um, some teak from my father-in-law's boat. Um, so it's a whole bunch of things, um, uh, different things that I kind of remind me of home and where I work. And, uh, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a piece on new England in a way. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the hardest, the hardest thing about building it was probably figuring out how, um, how I was going to, uh, um, cut and assemble all of the buoys so that I could still highlight and uh, use their their color and design as a key element in the construction. I love how you did construction. that. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was a big part. Because I mean, I, when you routed the bottom sides and got your profile plan in the video I was watching, I was yeah. like, oh, I hope you can, and, yep, sure enough, I could see how you were laying out your deck lines so and yeah. you got your crown. That was really cool.
5: Yeah, I was able to to crown the deck and everything on it with just the, the geometry of the buoys in it. It lined up great. I was stoked on that. Did you surf that board? Oh, yeah, I surfed it yesterday.
0: Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> yeah. OK, the question then is, and and this comes from somebody who's made boards and ridden them personally, like yourself. And is it more fun to make, to ride something you've made? Or is it more fun making something that you know you're going to ride?
5: Um, that's really tough. Um, like I can't sleep at night when I have like an open challenge like I I wake up and think about how I'm going to take a take the next step And, and a lot of it is uh, you know planned ahead, but there's so many steps that arise in the midst of making everything that um, You're either overlooking them or you just didn't think about it and it just it's yeah, it's fun. It's a fun challenge and it's it's good to keep my mind active and, and then to actually be able to use it and have it function as, uh, you know, the icing on the cake.
0: Oh, man. You're a true craftsman. I'm so inspired. and Thank <laughs> you so much for sharing your thoughts and your craft. And um, obviously, people are going to watch the video if they haven't yet. And it's, thank you. Uh, oh, it's just so... Uh, all those tools you have uh, got me jealous. <laughs> oh,
5: thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, have, uh, I have some... Uh, a, a boss at my, my day job at a sign shop that is, uh, is nice to let me use some of his heavier equipment that I normally wouldn't have access to and it's great.
0: Was he inspired by what you were doing and the thought behind upcycling something?
5: My boss? Correct um he he's very supportive of what i'm doing and um last year i made a board out of uh, uh styrofoam dunkin donuts cups that's right. and in the wake of coming out here with the competition i went and spoke at several elementary schools and stuff like that about uh about single-use waste and the effect on our planet and better options just to kind of get this mindset into these children and um he was very supportive about letting me go and do that during work hours and stuff like that so i'm very grateful for that
0: oh that's fantastic yeah. and yeah it just shows how this roots run deeper than just the boards without a doubt yeah it's
5: permeating into my life that's for sure
0: yeah thank you so much thank you (laughs) all right your name where you're from what you built i've watched all the videos so i know but maybe you can explain to people what you what you've been working on
6: so my name is grayson Daly. i'm from the south bay i was born and raised in El Segundo. so kind of my board's just kind of from a old recycled longboard I don't know how old it was or something, but I think it was about 20 years. I don't know. <laughs> but it's reshaped from an old longboard, and then while I was like stripping off the fiberglass, I actually broke it again. So I had to put it back together, then I had to reshape it again. So then after that, when I shaped it, I spray painted the rails blue, and then I covered the whole deck with bottle caps. I think it was about maybe 450. So I just got the bottle caps from kind of locally from my dad, you know, like (laughs) from my friend's dad, just collecting them over the time. But after that, then I used fiberglass to cover the deck. And then I used uh, salvaged fiberglass from the boards that I've made previously to cover the bottom of it. And then afterwards, I used a a skateboard deck to make the fins for it. So then I just hot-coated it, sanded it, put a pin line on it. And I was stoked.
0: <laughs> man, that's amazing. So you mentioned the boards you've made previously. I, I happen to know the number, but tell us how old you are and how many boards you've made.
6: So I'm 17 right now and I've made about 45 boards and I've glassed them too.
0: <laughs> I love that. And I really respect somebody who's doing it start to finish and that's, that's a pretty high board count under, under your belt for that age. So. Thank you. Oh man. What was the, what was the most um, difficult part, building that board? I mean...
6: It's Glassing it. <laughs>
0: with the bottle caps? Yeah,
6: yeah. Absolutely. I had to use like twice as much resin and it turned out like 25 pounds heavy, so...
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. Well, thanks for sharing your story on the board. look amazing, so thank, thank you so you much.
6: Thank you so much. Thank you
0: for having me. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Tell us what your name is, where you're from, and we'll get onto to what you built, too. Okay.
7: Oh, is that? Yeah, go. Hi, my name is Yoshinari Noda. I'm from Japan, Aichi. And t- tonight we made an uh, uh, alaya, old-style alaya uh, from z- Miso Udun Barrel. And f- first, uh, maybe in Japan we have 200, over 200 uh, barrels in my company. And we are making barrels for like over 100. And after that, normally we crashed or uh, finished to use it. Uh, two years ago, uh, I broke the uh, first time I broke my barrier. And first I saw that, I thought, I can make surfboard from this. So I asked my friends, or I found a uh, shaper from uh, and uh, no. I, uh, Finally, I found shaper, and we started a project this, uh, this project. Yeah, it, it was really hard to make it because the barrel is, tastes, smells like soy sauce and miso. <laughs> and when we're shaping, like smelling soy sauce, miso soup, like that. Is it that. making
0: you cry or no? No, 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 not okay, cry.
7: <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I was really happy because uh, normally we are make uh, using a barrel yeah. as a miso, making it miso, but not change to like stuff to enjoy at sea and Barrel is uh, connecting with forest and mountain and like sea so this time I'm really happy to come here and to know like the Barrel and wood. yeah
0: I watched the video and it was amazing to see how big those barrels (laughs) were. Yeah, 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 like three meter high. It's unbelievably big. And just tell us again how old that barrel might have been, or how old the wood you were working with was? How How old what? The wood, how many years?
7: Like uh, 120 years. Amazing. Yeah, my company running like over 100. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My grand-grandfather started to use that barrel. (laughs) And totally, Change to surfboard this time.
0: Uh, now it lives on for your son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
7: Um, two months ago, I got a new, new baby. Oh! Yeah, my first baby.
0: Amazing, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yes. So I
7: have... Uh, this year, I have two happiest things. One is I got a new baby. And two, second is to come here. And to get to like this kind of place, I'm so happy. Thank you.
0: Oh, thank you for coming. And thank you for sharing your craft and your barrel with us. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. So good. Tell us who you are, tell us what you do. I know, but share with others what you've learned, what you're seeing. And with, when we look at the artwork tonight, how you're inspired by what we can do and share together.
8: Yeah, no, uh, So my name is Chad Nelson. I'm the CEO of the Surfrider Foundation. <laughs> I've been with the organization for 21 years, and uh, you know, this has been a really. This is our fifth year working with you guys on the um, upcycle contest, and it's really fun to see. And I think, you know, I, I was I've been thinking about this a lot. I think there's a couple really interesting things that this event accomplishes. One, traditionally we have this like linear sort of consumption economy, right? We mine natural resources, many of which are not renewable we produce things with that, we use that, and then we create waste. And so it's this unsustainable, linear, one-way economy. And in reality, with the number of people on the planet, we need to be circular. So we need to stop that linear cycle and start reusing things. So we shouldn't have to mine new resources. We've already got more than enough out there. So we should take existing resources, use them, and have that end of life actually be Sort of something that's thought through so that it can be used again. And if you can create that circle, then that's essentially what sustainability is. And uh, and so this contest is a really fun way of you know you're unleashing the creativity of these people all over the globe, and they're looking at different products like sponges or barrels or foam or all these you know plastic bags, whatever it is, and they're looking at it very differently and they're turning it into something new and reusable. And at the end of the day it's a great metaphor for what we need to do sort of in our entire sort of consumptive economy. So that's, I think on the big picture, that's, and we're doing, you're doing it through creativity, through surf, through art. And so I think it's a really inspiring way to get people to think differently about the products that they're using every
0: day. I love what you said because sometimes I think within the industry, people to look to board builders or to manufacturers to, Come into the industry with the answers and provide a product at a premium or at a level that of which we're used to and can compete on. But yeah. sometimes it creates an artistic avenue to open up the box and just let people think a little bit more freely and bravely. But it poses the question: like, what are we doing? How can we close those circles or at least create them so that linear path is not um, so much a problem? But isn't it great how art and this—I mean—the boards here are amazing. What people have made, they but. Really how art doesn't always uh, give the answer, but it poses the question in such a beautiful way. And it lets people think freely and it actually challenges everyone else. And that's always what I feel like. I walk away inspired about, oh, what can I do? Not to copy, but to be like, how can I take this further? Where am I in this process? So
8: Absolutely. I, and I think you're right. I mean, it, you, the, you know, and, you know, surfboards are sort of an unlikely vehicle to talk about sustainability but you know you can just you see by the all the creative applications out there that it really is a great medium to do it and it's gonna I think you know hopefully get people to think differently about the the stuff they're using every single day in many cases.
0: The, the binding force is the the love of the ocean and <laughs> i mean yeah we're speaking so obviously because we're surfers but what Surfrider Foundation's foundation doing what Whistler's programs with the creative and innovative as, approaches is it's so refreshing but at the end of the day all of this stuff doesn't matter if we can't go swim in a safe ocean tomorrow i mean body surfing's still going to be fun so like equipment yeah. aside craft aside it's still that ocean is what's connecting us and it, absolutely right but i like to kind of bring it back to the, the most simple essence it's like we could have fun at the beach tomorrow
8: yeah well and i mean you, we want to keep it that way right we're so <laughs> I, the point. I, we're so lucky to have this life with the ocean and yeah. it's you know as you know it's why so many people are so passionate and uh everyone should be a steward in keeping that way and, <clears throat> and we can we just need to like you know yvonne chenard talks about living an examined life you know thinking through uh how what our actions that we take every day how that's going to make a difference and um you know we have all the answers to keep the oceans clean and healthy in the ecosystems we just need to sort of apply them and get enough political will to to make everybody do that and uh that's you know why we're here and you know stoked to be working with continue to get that message out there
0: yeah no thank you and yeah thanks to Vista for putting these initiatives together thank you to the Surpriva Foundation for all you guys do so go online get involved there's a oh there's too many ways to to help out but there's more than anything that you can uh, start thinking about ways that you can change your lifestyle and little ways that can uh, be taught to your children yeah I absolutely. It that way. so it's simple changes that can be passed down from one generation to another and yeah maybe it's the art that poses these questions best isn't it
8: Yeah, might be, yeah. Hopefully
0: someone out there is going to, you know, come up with
8: some interesting thing that's going to make people change their behavior tomorrow. Yeah, awesome, thank you.
2: All of the really amazing boards that were discussed in today's episode are available to check out on surfsplendorpodcast.com. I've also posted some of Donald's boards there too, just because you can never get enough of those. And then we'll be hearing from Jamin and Leif from NVS Fins in just a moment. But in relation to Chad Nelson and the Surfrider Foundation, they're actually doing a collaboration soft top with Almond surfboards. And we're giving away two of them this month. A 5'4 quad and an 8'0 single fin. Almond makes these 100% recyclable soft tops with dual stringers embedded in them in the core. And then futures fin boxes. So they're way more surfable than your Costco soft top. Proceeds from the sales of these boards go to the Surfrider Foundation, but we're giving away two of them as a thank you to those of you who support our podcast network. If you already have a recurring monthly donation set up, then you are automatically entered to win. And if not, you can do it on dot Podcast.com slash donate, and a donation of any size will get you an entry to win. And your chances are actually doubled this month because we have two boards that we're giving away. Those donations go a very long way here so thank you for that and thank you to almond for those boards and to close the loop from the beginning of the show Jamin and Leif from NVS Fins they were explaining that the materials and manufacturing process have limited major fin manufacturers ability to produce the ideal fin foil here's how Leif solved the problem
3: So when you're using a molded fin and you're using some sort of core material, whether it's wood or the honeycomb or air cores, what they're calling it now, in order to have the structural rigidity of the fin, you still have to use a certain amount of fiberglass you know, around that core. And when you have basically, depending on the size of the core, you start to have to have more fiberglass on the leading edge, which is, that's what's going to create that more rounded surface. Mm -hmm. So we do G10 fiberglass, which is industrial grade. So it has the ideal fiber to resin ratio, and we machine foil it so we can keep things thinner. Since it's a stronger material, we don't have to worry about the the strength.
2: Leif explained that he wasn't the first person to actually solve this technical issue, but NVS is the first to solve the economics of it, to be able to make and sell a higher quality fin at a competitive price.
3: The cost for manufacturing is greater but no, our fins are not more expensive than no. what you would find. They're still probably 20 to 30% cheaper.
2: So they're less expensive Yeah. and they implement this improvement. Yeah.
3: Better foiling, better materials, better pricing.
2: How are you able to pull it off?
3: I've spent my career working on automation to streamlining things. So we don't, I mean, it's a lot of it has to do is Their big companies are paying a lot of athletes. They have very large marketing budgets. We don't, we do pretty basic stuff. Yeah. Like most. Yeah. Smaller surf companies. So we just we make it up in the long run.
2: Surfnvs.com is where you can buy fins. Use the promo code podcast and save 20% off their Apex series of fins, and you'll support this show. You'll start to see a lot more from these guys actually. They've been at it for 10 years now, and a lot of the shapers whom I've had on this podcast actually have their own templates with NVS. The long-awaited C-Drive fins that Maurice Cole has been raving about for years. I know he's been showing me the templates of these for quite a long time. They are now available on surfnvs.com. Album has a series of fins with them including asymmetricals and larger twins for mid-lengths like the one that I've posted a couple of photos of on Instagram. And also, you might be skeptical about whether or not you're a good enough surfer to actually be able to tell the difference between fins. And that's something that Leif and Jamin will discuss in future episodes, but suffice to say, yes, you'll notice a difference. Little things like your board gaining speed through a cutback rather than losing speed are very noticeable, pretty remarkable difference actually. So I'm really glad to have them as partners here. They're super bright and a wealth of knowledge and committed to improving their own surfing, and thus anyone who wants to benefit from that. SurfNVS.com, promo code podcast, save 20% off the Apex series. You'll support this show, and you'll simply go faster. All right, enjoy your Thanksgiving tomorrow and a few days off. Enjoy the sunset contest that is cooking today. Chaz Smith has been in Nicaragua on a family surf trip, which has interrupted our recording schedule for The Grit past couple of weeks and then thanksgiving has thwarted us this week so we will be back on track next week i'll be back on tuesday with scott bass for an episode of spit and then i'll be launching my three-part series with iconoclast dick Metz on surf splendor here on wednesday but until then this is david scales reminding you to get back into the ocean share some waves and shred on